you're someone who has a passion for cut flowers, our environment, and wants to make the world more beautiful, you're in the right place. Whether you're growing flowers for pleasure or profit, I'm on a mission to empower flower enthusiasts and professionals to help change the world around them. Whether you're just starting out and need a helping hand, or are looking to scale a substantial flower business, I'm your cut flower woman. Welcome to the Cut Flower Podcast. So today I'd like to introduce you to Alice Hare, a flower farmer part-time and also a part-time consultant, which we'll talk about. Um, She has ideally transitioned from a career to flower farming, so we'll talk all about that. And those of you who have listened to any of my podcasts before will know that I'm a firm believer of transitioning from a career into flower farming. So, Alice, welcome. Do tell the listeners about your career, how we met. How did this all happen? Yeah, so um, I I, I suppose I, I, I was one of those women that just sort of all the way through my 20s and 30s and into my 40s um, really focused on my career. And I ended up um, with the privilege, really, of... Of a, of a really quite a big job where I had about 2,000 people that I was responsible for in the end. Um, and during that time, I joined one of Ros's courses, so the uh, Seed to Vars course. I think it was the first one that you ran, wasn't it, Ros? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Because I'd always liked gardening, but um, the flower farming, the flower, growing cut flowers side of it was um, was a real draw for me. So we, I did that course and um back in the summer two summers ago um I unfortunately burnt out and I got really poorly and it was the most scary thing that's ever happened to me really because I was so out of control of it all it came out of the blue there was no warning signs um and you know after a period of um recovery um I chose not to go back to work um at my old job which was incredibly sad um especially when I'd worked so hard to get there and I had no idea what I was going to do next. And I'd got a garden full of flowers and, and I absolutely adored it. And then I went up to Tallulah Rose Flower School up in Cumbria after I'd decided not to go back to work. And I think at that point, I just thought that I was going to just have a nice time and learn some new skills and spend a bit of time away. And I sort of came back um, having launched a floristry business which is which is what happens when you go up there I don't know what happens but everyone comes back uh, raring to go so um I sort of just sort of really leaned into it and just sort of went with it really and it's been an incredible year um back in March I then started to do some management consulting because I just spent a bit of time thinking about my skills and where my passions lie and where I could help help businesses that I really believed in to to sort of succeed but maybe work in a more flexible way and in on my own terms so that I could still um do all my floristry and do and do the flowers so that's where we are today I've got a few consulting clients that I work with a few days a week um and the rest of the time I'm growing flowers and doing my floristry work, really. So, yeah, it's been amazing. So what what one piece of advice would you give to any would-be flower farmer? There they are. They're a teacher, a nurse, or a consultant, or a management consultant, or a lawyer we've spoken to, haven't we? What, what one piece of advice would you give them when they say, I want to be a flower farmer? I probably wouldn't be here now had I have not had the decision made for me I suppose because I think it's very easy once you've you know you've got a job and you you know you you're used to that standard of living and and the thought of walking away from the security of it is quite a tough thing so 
the thing I would really, really suggest is think very carefully about how much money you need to earn each month. In, in reality, how much do you actually need to earn? And then I think it's just about looking at, you know, what, what other things could I do that allow me more time to be able to have the best of both worlds, really? Um, so does that mean working in the evenings? Um, does that mean, you know, what skills have you got? Particularly if you've worked in a management position in a, in a, in a large organisation, you've got so many transferable skills that would probably mean that you could consult. You probably are an expert in stuff. Um, so there's loads and loads of different options depending on what you want to do, but you've got to be realistic about how much money you need to bring in to be able to make that transition. And, and the reality is for me right now is that I wouldn't be able to just do my flowers at the minute and still support my family. So, but I love I love what I do in my consulting. So, yeah. I, I think it takes if someone said to me how long does it take and I always say to somebody transition if you've got a five day a week job drop one if you've got you know if you want to do two days a week then you go and work as a management consultant for three days and then work out how much money that day is worth if you were a management consultant and say okay well each day is worth 10,000 let's say how am I going to make 10,000 pound a year to do the shortfall and if it's yeah. two days it's 20,000 and so on and so on and be really honest, because I believe there isn't a way that you can career change overnight and become a flower farmer overnight. I don't think there is a way. No, I think I agree. It's, it's too much investment. It's too much time. It's too much learning. It is. I, I've just done my first year's accounts and the amount that I've had to invest in this. And yes, I have invested in a lot of training. That's been the biggest amount of investment that I've done. But I do think that is an investment. So, you know, that that's fine. I still do it now. I'm 12 years down and I'm still investing in training. So I think you need a training budget that you um, that you need to have. So any obstacles that have stopped you pursuing your what you really want to do? I, I think for me, it's about it's about building up the business. Um, you know, I've, I've, I don't have a retail floristry shop. I, I you know, I'm an event florist. So um, the good thing about that is at some point I will have enough forward bookings for me to know that I can confidently scale down on my consulting work and 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 focus on that fully and and you know that's what's in my business plan so um, I know what I've got to shoot for each 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 year to be able to do that so so yeah yeah and you've you've done some big events in your first year let's be honest yeah it ha it has been it, it's been an amazing year I've done um I, I got um, in touch with a very high-end um, event planner um, really early on. So I got the opportunity to do an amazing private party at, at a big country house. It was like Downton Abbey sort of thing, beautiful. Um, and, it, you know, it was a big, big piece of, piece of work, and it was amazing. We did um, pot, loads of potted plants, and I had to source all of these terracotta pots, the vintage terracotta pots. And um, there was a big party in the marquee, and we did all flowers for there and everything. So that was – I think that was my second job. Um you know, and I, it, it was a good challenge for the imposter syndrome, definitely. Um, I could have I could have said no, um, but I didn't. I threw myself in and with the help of, um, you know, people that I've, you know, contacts that I've made while I've been doing this and family and friends and things, we we did a great job of it. And um, then, then it led on to other stuff. Um, so, um, and I also did a festival. I did the big festival down um, in uh, Chipping Norton um, for um, a luxury yurt 
company. Um, so that was an amazing piece of work too. And I've done a couple of weddings and yeah, it's it's been an amazing year. I have had, I've taken some time recently um, to take stock of, of how it's gone. And I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really happy. Yeah, that's brilliant. Some events like that. Um, who do you think has been the most influential in your life? Who has, who has cajoled you to, to move forward and go and do this? Um, I've, I've, you know, there's been so many people that have supported and that is another bit of advice that I would give is I would find those people that understand what it is that you're trying to do. Because I think sometimes when you, you are doing a transition, you'll have some people in a camp that think that you're throwing away everything that you've worked for so far and maybe having a midlife crisis. Um, and then there'll, there'll be a camp of people that are really are your cheerleaders and they're the ones that will give you the strength because I think it'd be really easy to keep going back to the comfort blanket of, you know, having an employed job, for example. Um, but, you know, I have got people, there's um, a friend that I've got called Janice, who is also an amazing business coach. So she's a very good friend to have. And we have some very frank conversations and she keeps me on track. So, um, but I've, I've, yeah, I've been incredibly lucky to have a lot of people that get it and want to help. And the, the, the amazing thing is there's been a lot of conversations that I've had with friends um, or people that I've met through Flowers that are doing jobs that, you know, don't fulfill them particularly and they they really do want to work out how to um you know how to make that transition and find out what it is that that makes them happy um so yeah if there's anyone out there that is in that place I'm more than happy if they reach out on Instagram and stuff I'm more than happy to to help people brilliant brilliant so you said you always loved gardening but you didn't know very much about cut flowers this is always the hardest thing for me to to distinguish that cut flowers are very different to gardening and that it's all about cutting the flower for the pound, really, rather than just having it look beautiful. Um, did you find that? Do you find that it's just a different way of gardening? Yes, absolutely. I mean, you know, you, the seed catalogues and, and things when they arrive, it's so easy just to go through them and just say, oh, that's pretty. And, you know, you, before you know it, you've got a seed tin as big as mine. Um, so, but the reality is I don't need that much seed. And actually, if I look ahead to the bookings that I've got next year, what do I actually need to grow? What colours do I need? When do I need them? So that's definitely something that I'm focusing on at the moment is making sure that my sewing schedule is actually going to give me the flowers that I need when I need them. Because it is very tempting just to grow the stuff that you've seen and you're really excited to grow. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so yeah, work, I'm now working back from the bookings that I've got, trying to be sensible. Clever, that is clever because... The trend will change. So I believe the trend this year will be corals and burgundies and lots of grasses. Now, if I hadn't listened to that trend, I probably would have ordered all the seeds that I normally order. And I'd have ended up with yellow wallflowers and yellow croissants, which doesn't kind of match my market. So you've really, yeah, you're right. Those seed catalogs arrive. And, and also you can end up with a flower which isn't very good for cutting, but you just like the look of it. Exactly. And if you're growing on a small space like I am really, the space that you've got in your beds is really, really um, precious. So if it's taken with something else and, you know, you've got seedlings that need putting in the ground, you haven't got any space, then that's a, another issue that you've got, isn't it? So I do need to get my act together, definitely. <laughs> I always think of it as a supermarket taking up uh, shelf space and they would never put something on a shelf that they can sell and they would never overstock with something that's not going to sell. So in the same way, 
I am pulling out my wallflowers and I am pulling out the yellow ants, and, and it's quite heartbreaking because it took them a while to grow them. But I will never sell them. No. So why they're in there, I have no idea. No, but it's nice for your friends, Ross. You can send them home with <laughs> some lovely plants to put in their garden. Yes, definitely not ones I want. Um, so what are you going to do now? What's the plan going forward? Do you have a business plan? What, yeah. what would you mean, if, if I was a, had a wand, what would you like it to be? Yeah, so I think, um, look, the, the end game is for this to be what I can do full time. That That's the end game. And I've got a plan to do that in three years. That's that's what I've done. I've set, set my stall out on that. But for next year, I am definitely going to maximise this growing space that I've got because I have got I've got three different growing spaces and they haven't been full of flowers this year. So I need to make sure that um, that I'm maximising that, and but making sure that I don't grow too much because um, that's the other challenge, isn't it, as well? So I'm definitely going to do that. I'm going to grow way more dried this year. Um, what I have done is I've I've um, I've made sure that a lot of the product that I've been growing and using in my floristry work is suitable for drying because if I do go back to the venue and to do the um, the D rig and there's a lot of flowers still left there. Um, I just uplift it and I dry it and use it in my work, um, which is very handy over the winter, as we all know. So, but I'm definitely going to grow, grow more specifically just for for, for drying, because um, you do quite a lot of dried now, Ros, don't you? I do. Yeah, it's I've moved in that direction. I never really liked it in the beginning, but you know I do grow storflowers and I do grow limonium and I have tried growing um, drying dahlias. I do do it, yeah, and grasses are perfect for it. So I think choose your species and because that will take you through your autumn reefs and into winter when, when you haven't got anything. Yeah, absolutely. What is the favourite thing you do now? Is it the flexibility you've got? Do you just love going out first thing in the morning and doing it? What's the favourite thing about your job now? I think the favourite thing about my job now is that... Um, I get to be much more creative than I was previously. So in my old roles, you know, they were very sort of um, commercial, really. Um, even though there was a good reason to believe because it was in healthcare and stuff, actually, there's nothing, I mean, there's nothing more amazing, is there, than handing a bride her bouquet on, on their wedding morning. It's just, it, there's just so much joy in flowers. And, and that's the thing that I adore about it. It, it almost doesn't feel like work which is amazing. <laughs> we all want that. We all want that. I think a flower farmer has to be everything. They have to be great at marketing, great at the finance, great at growing, great at customers and communication, great at accountancy. So actually, if I looked at all different business models and I looked at this, this takes a real all-rounder to do this. Absolutely. And that's something that I've definitely struggled with because, again, in my old life, there was always a huge team of experts that I could go to. I'd go to my finance person if I wanted to know how the business was doing. You know, there was there was loads of experts around me. Whereas now, um, you do have to do it all yourself. And but I, I've just found making sure you've got a really good network and don't be afraid to ask for advice and help and support of each other because there's so much knowledge out there. And I think that's one thing you can say about the flowery world is that it's so. It is a really nice place. Generally, everyone's really lovely. Um, so, yeah, just reach out and ask, you know, ask advice of people um, because there's someone out there that will have the answer. Yeah, definitely. Um, I 100% agree with that. I mean, we've been flower farmers for 12 years and we're still reaching out. You know, we'll still talk about 
what's the best way of doing ranunculus and what temperature should you soak them in the water? You know, all that kind of stuff. You'll never know it all. You cannot and will not ever know it all. And I think once you kind of accept that, you can you can move on and go, okay, well, this is what I'm going to learn. Um, and and still do training. Still absolutely, absolutely. do training. Um, yeah. Got to have training in your budget. Got to have training in your budget. I think so. So you love it. You're going to carry on. Going to become a full-time flower farmer. Absolutely. Where can people find you, Alice? Where can they follow you? What can they do to find out all about you? Yeah, so um, best place really is Instagram. So it's Brodery Florals, like Brodery on Glaze. Um, Brodery Florals on Instagram. Um, I've got a Facebook um, page too. Um, and I've also got a website. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, if anybody... Anybody out there is feeling like they really want to make that change, then it is possible, believe me. Um, so yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it's interesting, the 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 vast majority of, of people who do make it come from such a different walks of life. You know, they are the creative types, you know, they might be in a primary school teacher and can make a paper bag look good. Or they'll be a nurse, so they're quite caring. I mean, I look at the sort of floristry, you know, there's lots of nurses, lots of teachers lots of sort of merchandise and window dressers. It's, it, honestly, it is so diverse that I believe anyone can transition as long as you're realistic about how much money you want to earn. Absolutely. Um, you can do it. So, Alice, I wish you well. I shall be following your journey, of course, and finding out your success and coming and knocking on your door in two years now because you've already had one year. I know. And say, um, I've said it now. <laughs> <laughs> and say okay yeah now you've got to do this now um and having a better life that's ultimately what it's about is having a better life Absolutely. so alice i want to thank you and next week we'll be talking to andrew blythe on all things ranunculus do tune in do subscribe and rate this podcast we'd love to let you know what we're up to and thank you very much alice for coming along thank you I look forward to next week's episode. Please don't forget to subscribe and rate and review on your podcast app. We do have some wonderful free resources on our website at thecutflowercollective.co.uk. We also have two free Facebook communities, which we'd love you to join. For farmers or those who want to be flower farmers, we have Cut Flower Farming, Growth and Profit in Your Business, and our other free Facebook group is Learn with the Cut Flower Collective for those starting out on their flower journey. All of the links are below. I look forward to getting to know you all.